Hey there. Hi, this is uh, Cityscape with Pink Aunt, and I am Pink Aunt, and I am Paige. And I am Miranda, the co-host. And uh, this is a rom-com podcast where we go through um, the great quest of uh, watching all of the Sex in the Cities and, uh, mm-hmm. and just talk smack about them. And also appreciate them. And appreciate the human experience. I'm really excited for this episode. Um, there was a lot. I I have to say that episode eight, I I actually had some like guffaw laughing, which like sometimes which which is rare for the for the past seven episodes. I've just watched this watched them all. Seeing the humor in it and being like, hmm, that's thought provoking. Tee Straight up guffawing because <laughs> it's it's random. Yep. So this episode, episode eight, is called Three's a Crowd. And as the name implies, it's about threesomes. Um, Charlotte is dating a new boyfriend who is perfect in every way, perfect match. Um, and he suggests that they have a threesome he they he first asks what her fantasies are and of course like the setup is like he doesn't really give a shit what her fantasies are he just wants to share what his is and that is to have a threesome with her and another woman um and so it starts up like that's really like the start of the episode um and it really guides the entire plot. It's what Carrie is writing about and researching. Apparently, like threesomes are the new, the new exciting thing in, in the world, the sexual world. And at this time, everyone's trying to have a threesome. And Miranda, the character, gets really hurt and really has to explore her feelings in therapy through the episode because none of the group says that they would want her in a threesome. <laughs> um and what's the other subplot oh and then carrie is like gets fixated on big's like ex-wife barbara because because big and barbara had had a threesome at some point in their marriage and that's the episode oh and then like charlotte and her boyfriend end up breaking up because ultimately when they decide to go for the plunge of a threesome with a a third uh it turns into just her boyfriend and that third woman or that second woman. And um, the motorcyclist passing by is becoming the, 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 the guest star, so to speak. Of our episode oh, right man. now. It's true. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, anyway. So Charlotte walks out of that attempted threesome and that's the end. That takes us to where we are at. Yeah. Um, I put my first note. Oh wow, that he's a tenacious buster, isn't he? Uh-huh. Is he gone? Not yet. I'm gonna mute myself until you you talk. Cool. Um, my first note uh was that asking someone to be your third in a threesome is kind of like asking someone to be a bridesmaid. <laughs> Um, that's, that's the amount of pressure that Charlotte was kind of putting on the group. And she looks at Carrie and just wants her to 
she just would ask her so sweetly and Carrie well, I could see why though because Carrie's nice she seems like the person who's not going to be weird about it and uh, I think that that's what they think why they think that doing it with your friend will be less weird I mean I don't know I don't know I, I, I'm with Samantha on the idea that like, it needs to be a guest star. Like it's better to be the guest star than to be in the, the couple of the threesome. Um, and I, I'm definitely with Samantha that I think it should be someone that like is not a part of your established friend group, unless like, unless you have that kind of relationship with them. And I think it's a little bit different in the context of the Sex and the City group because, like, in that universe, they they are all hetero women who like seem to have pretty um, like stringent ideas of their sexuality, and and I think that like that's something I think that's where the show fails sometimes, at least overall, is like how fluid sexuality I think can really be. And obviously, like I'm biased because I'm pan, so like I'll mm-hmm. I have I have like sexual desire towards pretty much anybody. Um, but the the women of the group overall seem to be like pretty set in like what who they are sexually and not necessarily willing to explore. Um, like the only one who is, in my opinion, really like open to exploration is Samantha. Yeah. And, um, and she's the one with all the pointers on how to get through it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I mean. Uh, yeah, which, uh, which, which leads me to a story of in 2009 when I was, you know, confused and sad, I made out with a guy at a bar uh, when I was very, very sad. And he asked if his girlfriend could watch, and I was not intrigued. So that's uh, that's uh, I was not a third there, but the the request to be a guest star was was on the table, and I walked away because I was like, "What? Why do you want to watch me?" And then I was so, like, "I'm just not in the mood for this." And then I left the bar. Fair, you know. I think some people are sort of voyeuristic. Um, oh yeah, and there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that, but it was it, yeah, like I think in that point of view or that that frame of mind where I was at like was really not a healthy frame of mind. So it's all it's all as well that I was like very aware of that. Yeah, I've I've been asked to be the guest a few times. And did it feel did it feel like you were asking asking to be? Did it feel like you were being a bridesmaid? Um, I mean, it depends on who is asking. Um, I, I've, I've had the proposition of, oh, so you like women and men. Do you want to sleep with my girlfriend? And I, something similar of like, do you, my, my girlfriend, like also like, is just kind of curious. Would you like be into sleeping with her and like, I would just watch and I had to be very like, that's so kind, but that's, I'm not into that. Like I'm, I'm not something to like, I'm not an experimental toy 
for Mm -hmm. someone's sexuality. Um, And then, you know, like in the recent world of my life, I was invited to a, a couple's experience with two amazing women and was way more into that. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah. I don't know why I started talking like Foghorn Leghorn right now. I liked it. Yes. Ah, yes. And it, anyway, I, that kind of ties anyway. into, it kind of ties into one of my notes where like, I kind of said, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, I, I vacillate between like, I don't know if I would ever be interested in a threesome with a committed partner and a guest star, like my committed partner. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I never thought I would be into a threesome at all. And then apparently I was. So um, I, what I'm saying here is that there's just always opportunities to explore. And if something feels right, um, being willing to engage in that and see how it goes. And then if something doesn't feel right, it's excellent to have open communication yet again and say, no, this doesn't feel right. And I am not interested in this, but thank you so much. Yes. And then leave the bar. Exactly. (laughs) And then go home. And then go home. Go home. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, I, what was my next note? My next note, which made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Miranda, the character, not Miranda, the co-host, was talking to her therapist, really upset, saying, if your friends won't go down on you, who will? I literally took that note as well. <laughs> I like, wow. And then I started making, and then I started making a mental list of like, which one of my friends would would I would I ask to be in my hypothetical threesome with? And <laughs> the list. I'm so nervous. No, I'm nervous because I'm going to say that, that like my list wasn't long because I'm like, I don't even know. Cause then I got, I got in my head about it. I'm like, okay, who, how, how, okay. What's going to be weird if I ask them to do it. Well, so what the hell? Like, why am I think, why am I out of all people thinking of a hypothetical threesome? And then what? Why, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought experiment like, like what why are you afraid to ask your friends to be in a threesome with you it's not for everyone and that's okay actually you know what i'm thinking about I, tell me my, my friend now 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 i i will my friend frankie who is who's an <laughs> improv comedian i was like what if we just this is a nice improv game. Like name, like if if threesomes were your were your your long form improv troupe, who would you want on your team? And then I start, and then we go from there. I'm not going to name I, any names, but but I, I'm sure, like off off mic, you and I will probably like we'll, we'll probably creating like, a roster right now in our sure. heads. 
Absolutely. No, but I, honestly, though, I do circle back to like this idea of like, I, I think I've said it before, but I, I generally like don't, I, I don't want to sleep with my friends. I mean, sure that there's, I can acknowledge like they are sexually attractive and like their, their sexual appeal there, but like, it just, it may, it's already complicated when like we've acknowledged like how incestuous the theater community kind of is. Oh yeah. It's challenging enough to find someone that you haven't like made out with or (laughs) fooled around with or had some sort of like challenging emotional connection with. There's, there's just a lot, there's a lot going in. Speaking of theater. Okay. Yes. Um, Uh, the win- the 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 um interviews the side interviews asking other people about about threesomes or what they think of or, or when they're looking for their third the the tourist attraction chick made me laugh she said I'm into museums blowjobs theater and golden, golden showers. showers yeah and I do not know why that made me laugh because it was just and then I I asked another question. And it's very interesting that uh, we should, um, I should ask this question after the blowjob episode. Yeah, hit me with it. Would you blow someone for a Hamilton front row tickets? (laughs) That was literally what I asked myself, me, myself, somebody who says, somebody who who claims I don't like olives on my pizza. (laughs) Would I eat an olive pizza for front row seats to Hamilton? I would need something else. You would need something else along with the olive olives on your pizza. Okay. No, I mean, I, I like olives on my pizza, so it's it's not really. I don't know. Plus, like that could be considered sex work, and there's nothing wrong with sex work. Oh, so. there's absolutely not. But like, yeah, I'm thinking. I was thinking. I'm like, hmm. I'm just saying, I don't know if front row tickets to Hamilton would be like, I, you're, I, this is too open. I need, I need more parameters. Like who am I giving a blowjob to? Oh, that's yeah. That's the thing is that. Who, and I who's speak- in the, who's in the cast of Hamilton? Like, do I get to choose what day <laughs> do I have to just make it work in my schedule? <laughs> I love how you you need concrete answers and since me I have no 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 real genuine interest other than I'm curious of how my how other people's brain would work uh, if they were asked this question I don't have these are all hypotheticals but this is but this is how like this is personally how my brain works like it's it's great you you gave me a starting point now let me just go ahead and tell you like I don't know what, because what, I mean let's do this right now I really need some facts like I will give the you attorney, some facts the attorney in me is like this is not enough like <laughs> I can't let's do this let's do this okay so let's just say August 14th 2021 okay, okay. I have one ticket one front row ticket to <laughs> Hamilton okay and it belongs to the ghost of Bing Crosby. I have to give a blowjob to the ghost of Bing Crosby. <laughs> I don't know. I, I literally, you want to know how I got here? I'll Tell show me. you how I got here. I'm on Zoom right now, and I'm holding up a DVD of Holiday Inn and White Christmas. Ah. And that's how I was just like, name any name, any name, the ghost of Bing Crosby. He just happened to be in eyesight. So, um... 
I mean, it's the fellatio would be fairly easy because I'm assuming he wouldn't be like a corpulent <laughs> presence. So yes. I, okay. <laughs> This episode just went off the rails. Um, so, my okay, so my, you'll do it. Sure, my he can sing to me. Moving um, on, back to the task at hand. The episode about threesomes. So, I my my I put a note halfway through where. Like I, I said that like, this is really, I think just where communication again is just vital. I, I think that that's really the lesson to take away from sex in the city all the time is that it, and it's, we're not perfect, right? Like I'm absolutely mm-hmm. not perfect when it comes to my communication style or how I say things when I say things, but what I'm learning and what I see when I watch these episodes is like, you have to have these conversations with your partner, like, and, and with, Mm -hmm. and with yourself too, like you, you kind of really have to like explore what, what am, what are my boundaries and what am I comfortable with? What, what are my expectations and wants and how do I communicate those effectively with this person that I'm having, that I'm trying to build a relationship with, or that I have an established relationship with. And I think that like, it evolves, right? And like what we think and what we feel and what we want from our committed or not so committed relationships with other people, like it's okay to let those things evolve and change over time. Like it doesn't have to be this like non, like this, this stagnant thing. Um, but you have to be able to communicate that with the, that person. And that involves trust and that involves like being able to be vulnerable with them, right? Like being mm-hmm. able to, being able to, again, trust that like, if I take this to my partner, if I take this to this person, they're going to give me the benefit and the grace of listening to what I have to say and trying to meet me in the middle of, of where we're at. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was a long ramble. Oh, it's fine. It was of substance. It wasn't any of my bullshit. I like your bullshit. <laughs> my bullshit. Speaking of great. bullshit, tell me that that children's book pitch was a bunch of bullshit. Oh God! So what? Harry goes goes into uh, uh, Mr. Big's uh, ex wife's publication office and pitches her a book, and then realizes, oh, she she publishes children's books so she pitches this book about was it it was a magical what was this was this thing human or was it an animal or source this magical person who smokes so basically a children's book that that promotes smoking because she had to think of it off the cuff and bad improv but it was uh, the, the yeah um uh the former mrs big fell for it and thought it was a fantastic idea and so uh, a business venture is potentially pursued just because carrie was desperately curious 
it'll get you every time that desperate oh. curiosity. I've, I've done some crazy ass shit just out of curiosity. I've, I've definitely like been that person that, uh, yeah, no, it's embarrassing. Like it's hard. It's hard being a desperately curious person, double-edged sword. But you've never pitched a real shitty children's book. I so. would never. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> you probably just got like three or four children's book pitches in the bag just in case. I, you know, the next time I start falling in love with a man with an ex-wife and she's in publication, I'm going to have those in my back pocket. Yeah. I'm Um, done. Yeah. I did that part of the plot, though. It led me to this, (sighs) my next note, which is the quote where Carrie says, even if you're the only person in the bed, someone has always been there before you. And that, like, oh. you, you got to be good with it. Everybody right. has a past. Right. And that's, I'm, but that's, that is the real, like, that's the meat and potatoes of it, right? Like, that's, yeah. Like, it is hard, I think, sometimes to reconcile that as we get older and as we are looking for this person who we hope to build a life with. Sometimes it is hard to like really come to terms with the fact that you are not, you're not the first love, you're not the first set of lips, you're not the first body, you're not the first soul, you're not like, you're not the first in this Mm -hmm. person's life, but that doesn't diminish, it doesn't diminish the connection you have with that person Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it them loving someone before you doesn't or shouldn't hopefully have that bearing on your current relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I will say that there are indicators, perhaps red flags, where it seems like despite the that relationship being over, it's not over because that person might be very present still in the world of mm-hmm. your of your current partner whether it be through photos or newspaper clippings or whatever or any just, sort of or any sort of memories that that yeah that that are chosen to to keep i mean um, i just think they yeah. belong in that they belong in that shoebox, I guess. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um my next note tell me is um uh when when Carrie becomes friends with Mr. Big's ex-wife and then I put a subnote. Um my dad's third wife wanted to have when when they were visiting Indianapolis a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. my dad's third wife wanted to have a girls night with me and my mom oh no and it drove my dad nuts and like i was actually <laughs> the funny it thing depends is depends on the, like the relationship um yeah my yeah um my my dad's third wife is really cool um, oh good okay I, w- I will say like but 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 i i don't think that I think I think that um, just the the um, 
it was just too modern mm-hmm. of a viewpoint for, for, dad. for my dad. Yeah. Um, and that he, I think he's, he's used to all of, he's used to, to uh, having a very, um, all of his wives having a fairly tense relationship with each other. And I think that that really threw him for a loop that mm. my stepmother, that, that my stepmother, um, was what showed interest right. in the life in the previous life um and uh, um yeah uh that was that was my note about carrie developing that that friendship is that like hmm, i wonder what big would think and then we find out shortly after yeah. You know what I just thought of while we were sitting like in this, mm-hmm. I, it, I was just thinking about like this idea of ghosts of relationships past. And it made me think of Jane Eyre. Oh gosh. Oh and, no. Oh no. Oh no. Well, no. Yes. And just like, like this, like, the wife in the attic, you know, like yeah. it's like, it's a literal ghost of relationship past. And what do you it's I think it's learning sometimes it's like learning to live with those before you oh yeah and and some of them are crazy and some of them were misunderstood and some of them yeah uh gosh oh Jay. oh Bronte um we're probably going to talk a lot about Bronte in the future um, due to something that we're going to be watching uh, very, very soon. So excited. Um, I'm excited. We're not going to say anything about it until it's the right time. And that's yeah. not now. And it's no, it's not now. Um, I'm looking at my last note. I have two and, more. So you give yeah, me the last. Yeah. One. No, you go, you go ahead and give you, give your, your, Okay. My second to last one. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I, my next note is related to like when Carrie and big are talking about the, like the three something towards the end of the episode. And big says like the reason he and Barbara had the threesome was because they were both like looking for someone or something else. And I, I, I think that like, yes, that can be true, but I do not think that having a threesome or like exploring, um, I guess, non-monogamous sexual activity Mm -hmm. with your partner necessarily means that you're both looking for something other than what the person you're with is giving you. Mm -hmm. I think like, and I think that that's just, that's something that I'm understanding more and more as like, I, um, understand like polyamory and um like ethical ethically non-monogamous relationships Mm -hmm. I don't me personally I don't know how I don't know how open I am to explore all of that if I were in a committed relationship with someone um like I'm a monogamous human by nature and I'm also like fairly jealous um sometimes like, you know, we've all got flaws. And, oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess as it, as I grow, 
I don't like jealousy. What spark is sparked from insecurity. And Mm -hmm. I guess that that also speaks to how, um, how it, how healthy your attachment is with your partner. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are able to communicate and have healthy attachment to one another, then I, I, you know, threesomes do not necessarily indicate that there's an an issue there. Right. And so that was my second to last note on that. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump in on the polyamory. Um, do it. I have to say that before I deleted Tinder off my phone, uh, myself and a polyamorous gentleman were talking. And I have to say that it was probably the most, uh, it was probably the most healthy rapport of honesty back and forth that I've ever had in, in a dating scenario because he was fairly, he was very honest being like, Oh, I'm going to hang out with this person and this person. And this is why I like this person. And this is why I like this person. Like he always like had, he had nothing but, excellent adjectives and was well read in in how he spoke about all of his partners not just like about like the physical aspects but just like this is why I'm drawn to them and I guess uh yeah I'd like I I found that aspect of it and I was fairly honest with him you know, like I'm not judging um we can be pals but I'm not i I'm not, I'm not programmed like that right now, (laughs) but I do appreciate you telling me. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And he and I, he and I still, still chat and stuff. So it's, it's, it's been, it was, it was a fairly healthy, uh, it, it was a fairly healthy rapport and an honest rapport, which, um, which I'm glad that I had that healthy rapport before. Yeah. And actually what was really awesome that he was one of the first people that I came out as, as a demisexual to, mm. and he was like super supportive and he's like, Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome that you can feel that way towards people and not need that need the other stuff so like that I was really surprised it it was a really empathetic like conversation that I was really surprised I don't know why I was surprised by that but um so good 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 job humanity humanity be into what you're into as long as you're not hurting anybody absolutely and I think like what you're saying like the ultimately what what makes it healthy is being able to come like talk about it and be upfront and there's no judgment. There's no, um, it's not necessarily personal in, um, in that it's nothing against you or it's nothing against that person. It's just being honest about what your needs and wants. And again, your boundaries are Oh yeah, like, and no relationship will be successful if you're not able to have honest conversations with each other. But I think that that can be doubly true for anything that involves multiple people. Mm-hmm. 
because if you're not able to be honest with yourself and with whomever is all engaged, someone is going to get hurt. Oh, yeah. My last note says intimacy, always intimacy in regards to Carrie's last little line about how intimacy is, uh, is always the bitch. Like, you know, it's, it's easy to think about a threesome physically, but it's the intimacy that's always like challenging. And oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I love intimacy. I, and I, uh, am absolutely always welcoming really like intimate conversation in terms of like, tell me your like deepest, darkest parts of you, which, uh, never really goes well. Oh, I'm always curious, but I always wait for the right moment to ask. And I always ask in an unthreatening way. What's an what's an unthreatening way to ask someone <laughs> to share the darkest parts of themselves? Okay, so okay, <laughs> hypotheticals. Okay, let's just say I do love a hypothetical. Oh Miranda. <laughs> um a butterfly when I was five years old, a butterfly landed on my on my finger and it had like this real prickly thing. And I was afraid of butterflies right up to the age of 15. Did something weird like that ever happen to you? Um, no. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to have to leave this date now. I'm so sorry. I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to like it's I know I, I know I see, the, I see the example that it like I, well, I, I share I first the, and then I share the thing first <laughs> to break and the go, ice and then, and then you go in for the kill I'm just trying I to go think of like what's I'm trying to think of like a similar experience like what that would be that was a really shitty example but I didn't have like any like deep dark I wasn't in the mood to add, I didn't have any deep dark like <laughs> secretive thing to ask but yeah that's usually my that's usually how I do things is that like I share something weird first and then ask them the weird question I mean I just kind of go for it oh no I I like I like to um uh, (laughs) I like to offer have a offer them something first Oh, I mean, I, and then, I don't know. And then get the exchange. I think it typically depends on like who I'm talking to. Some folks are and like it they, ranges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some folks, I think it's a lot easier to open the floodgates of vulnerability. Yeah, and I and those people, those people are my friends. Like, I because I, to quote Bukowski, I don't have no time for anything that does not have a soul. So if you're yeah. not if you're not going to tell me the weird time that the butterfly landed on your hand and creeped you out for forever then this you're going to have to get over that cuz I'm going to I'm going to want to know that shit and I'm not going to want to know anything else I'm just going I just want to know the weird shit 
I mean, I guess like my, the, the thing I would share, it's like, well, I mean, I'm not, I've never been like scared. Oh, that's not true. So due to a really unfortunate viewing of the movie Arachnophobia at a young age. Okay. All right. I'm there. I'm with you. I was convinced up until probably the age of like 14 that spiders absolutely like had the mentality of wanting to like hurt people. And so I was always terrified when I saw a spider that it wanted to bite me and kill me because in the film Arachnophobia, the aggressive jungle spider is like trying to fucking wipe out humanity and like makes babies that are trying to wipe out humanity and like kill all the people in this small ass town after mating with a a barn spider. And there was, I distinctly remember that I was going to take a shower one day when I was like 11 and there was a spider at the top of the shower and it jumped down as I was like trying to open the door of the shower. And I like screamed and ran away butt ass naked because I didn't want a <laughs> fucking spider to jump on me and kill me. You know what? I used to have that reaction. I used to have that reaction towards spiders, not because of arachnophobia, but just because they are rather, they are rather unsettling uh, specimens to look at. But it's not their fault. No, no. But my, my friend, Whitney, my friend, Whitney, who's Wiccan, um, uh, said, said like, oh, it's, it's bad luck to kill a spider because the spider is actually like having a spider in your house is actually protecting you from like the real fucked up shit. Like, cause the spiders eat the cockroaches. They eat the ants. They eat all, all of the things that really fuck up your day the spiders the the spiders will get so like whenever i see a spider i will take a tissue and then put it outside and be like salutations yeah no now it's very much like a here sweet friend go be with with nature yeah not here you know what they sound like according to according to hollywood legend all spy the singing voice of a spider is always going to be, oh my gosh, oh man. Are you referencing? Miss Debbie. Miss Debbie. Debbie Reynolds? Miss Debbie Reynolds. I can't believe I forgot her name. I almost said Debbie Gibson. That's but like, not right. <laughs> no, I think we're alone now. Oh, oh man. That's Tiffany. That's Tiffany. I'm not even doing, okay, so De- Debbie Reynolds. All spiders sound like Debbie Reynolds. I mean. That was the joke. Honestly, like fall, that makes it face, floor fall. Wow. Wow. We did it. We did it. <laughs> and we and we talked about threesomes. Yeah, yeah, we did. All right. Well, um now we've done that. Uh um, I'm Paige. And I'm Miranda, the co-host. And um, yeah, I can be con- I can be contacted and stalked upon on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Page Liz Scott. And I'm only on Twitter at Miranda Narig because she's the smart one of the two. That's not true. Um, if you have any weird spider stories, oh fuck yeah! 
Oh. If you've if you had an interaction with Shelob that you want to recall, uh, you can send all of those questions to <laughs> to cityscapepink at gmail. Well, we we would enjoy having some of that bullshit in our in our uh, inboxes. I really would. Please, the seven Please. of you. Please, all seven of you. You have any spider stories? Engage with us. Engage. All right. Um, Well, we'll see you next week for episode nine. Yup. Bye-bye. Goodbye.